Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Course Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to QLS Classic Episode 42 with the pioneering adult actress Heather Hunter from July 2017. What can I say? The name holds holy for a certain generation. Heather Hunter shares a story from life working as a Kochak girl at the fabled legendary Latin Quarter nightclub to blazing trails in Hollywood in the world of porn as the first black woman really allowed in spaces others have yet to navigate or get to in their life. She also gets older and wiser and tells about her experience after porn as a photographer, as a director, as a singer. So many stories she has to share. This was uh, quite a memorable episode with Heather Hunter on QLS Classic. Hope you like it. Stop making me laugh. Don't forget We're going to meditate. Don't Just forget about in. my watch. Just breathe in. <laughs> Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call. Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call. Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call. Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call. Strange things keep happening. Yeah. I gotta say. Yeah. About 30 pounds begged me yeah. to intern specifically today. <laughs> Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call. Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call. My name is Fonte. Yeah. You understand. Yeah. Heather Hunter. Yeah. Made me a man. Roll call. <laughs> Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call. Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call. My name is Sugar. Yeah. I know our guest. Yeah. We used to live together. What? At the Riverbank West. Roll call. That's true. Suprema, 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 I am Boss Bill. Yeah. Used to be up in church. Yeah. This here episode. Yeah. Was fun to research. Roll call. <laughs> Suprema, Suprema, roll call. Suprema, Suprema, roll call. It's Laia. Yeah. Some reason is moist. Yeah. Oh, it's Heather. Wait a minute. Boys and girls rejoice. Oh, roll call. <laughs> Roll call. I got a Suprema, 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 Su
Heather. Yeah. And I think Quest put me to a yeah. test. Yeah. I don't know bars, yeah. but I give blowjobs. Suprema roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll job. Suprema, Suprema roll job. Well, thank you very much. That was our show for the day on behalf of. Like, you've been waiting all day to say that. Huh? Wow. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of Questlove Supreme. Uh, I am your host, uh, Amir Thompson, a.k.a. Top Daddy Love. What? And uh, with me today is Team Supreme. Uh, at the helm, we have Fonte, a.k.a. Carolina Cushion. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Built for comfort, not for Oh, these are our porn names. Okay. I mean, no, you're just Carolina Cushion today, okay. you know. Uh, next to him is our uh, boom, our boom operator, Sugar Steve, aka uh, Miracle, Miracle Mandel, aka uh, Oil of Oive. Wow. That's a mouthful. <laughs> that took me a second. I got it. Sorry, Oil um, of you know my, my 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 jokes don't fly sometimes. Wah, uh, and, wah, wah. and we have our our director uh, next to him is our, our director Bill, aka uh, Indiana Slick Smoke. <laughs> Stick some home. I'm just glad you didn't say Indiana Bones. Uh, Indiana Bones. Indiana Bones. That's 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 a good one. And uh, next to him is uh, our first lady, Laia, aka uh, Sweet Pea Pinky Toe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How you won't shoot me in my pinky toe. <laughs> well, last time he was Clyde, so you know I had to. I had to. I want to be that Sweet Pea Pinky Toe. <laughs> no, Steven, you can't be that. Uh, last but not least, uh, ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is uh, I got to say all about history. Uh, she's pretty much had the best seat in the house, uh, literally from watching the classic age of hip hop unfold in real time, uh, the hip hop that's affected our lives as a key staff member of, uh, the Latin quarter nightclub, which as you know, if you're a listener of the show, we cannot stop nerding out about, uh, of course the Latin quarter nightclub that made stars out of luminaries like public enemy, Boogie down productions, uh, salt and pepper, Latifah, many others. Uh, even to our place in history uh, as an AVN Hall of Famer, I have to say. What's the AVN? The AVN. What's the AVN Google that. No, the, I, I believe it's the Adult Video Adult Network. Video. Is that oh, what the it AVN. For? Now I know. Yes, I watch those awards. Okay. Yeah. but Oh, those are the only awards you watch? Uh, well, yeah, oh, okay. Showtime. Well, she's one of the most celebrated actresses in the uh, adult video uh, genre. Uh, she's also a radio host, a recording artist, an art photographer and many more that we're going to find out today. We are going to get to know Heather Hunter yes. on Quest Love Supreme. Yes. Yes. So wait, wait, wait. Before we ask you anything, uh, Steve, what the hell was up with your voice? What do you mean y'all live together? Yeah. What's, oh, no. the, what's the name of that place? Uh, it's the uh, Riverbank West. The Riverbank West, I used to yeah. Riverbank. Uh, Everybody lives Is that there. a building in, that's an apartment? It's, uh, 43rd and 11th in Hell's Kitchen over there. Even Fat uh, Friday Freddy, he's living in the same building. It was a yeah. new, it was a new building when we were there. It was like ninety one, ninety two, right. or something like that. Uh-huh. And, uh, a great building. Yeah, it's great. It's really incredible. nice. Incredible. Um, so, and I don't expect you to remember me, but I had uh, a Dalmatian back then, and you might remember I was the only person there with a Dalmatian. Wow. In the elevator, and yeah, during my like Riverbank days, party. Yeah. I was a party queen. Well, you should so, have knocked on my fucking door. Steve <laughs> <laughs> was at in home that alone. Building. It was crazy. <laughs> Oh my God! They kicked me out of the building for too many parties. Yeah. Damn, how many yeah. parties is that? Okay. Yeah, the best like, store, man. What floor were you on? I was on the forty third floor. Wow. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I was on 23. Wait, is this when you were... This is before Electric Lady, so... Yeah, this is, this is five years before I, I met... You were even an engineer? Yeah, it was like 91, 92. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was right out of college. What kind of money? Did you, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah. No, I had two roommates in a one-bedroom. <laughs> it's okay. all good. All right. I'm not rich. Anyway, so Heather, welcome to yes. uh, the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, so I know this, this is one of these shows in which... I wanted to be absolutely, not even willfully, but absolutely ignorant because I want to find out these things in real real person, uh, in real time, not in real person. Uh, so you're from, well, I know that you're from the Bronx. You were, Yeah, I was born in the Bronx, but I was raised in Harlem and Brooklyn. So, so when I lived in Brooklyn, that's really mostly when, okay, downtown Brooklyn, you had Albee Square Mall. Right. So, yeah, so I used to hang out in Albee Square Mall. All of us used to. So, Did you know Haitian Jack? I knew Haitian Jack. I knew wow. everybody. Um, I, I used to have lunch. Me and Biz Market used to share the same lunch table all the time. Uh, well, I hear that at Albee Square Mall. Every hip-hop luminary tells me that Haitian Jack did his best work yes. at the Albee Square Mall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For those of you, uh, I believe that Haitian Jack um, in hip-hop folklore was one of the the Jesse James of yes. uh, he is. He has. I think he's. Well, he, the, people were telling me that he had a collection of like everyone's chain that he he ever vic like Slick Rick's chain and, and yeah, there was cats that collect. It was wow. Even the Lee patches back then. Really? Yeah, back in the day. Run them Lee patches. Yeah, you mean rip them off the yeah. Used to rip the back off the jeans. It was crazy. What? Doing the crazy stuff, you know. She was collect real. those as well. <laughs> yeah, but inside Albee Square, literally, it was like a melting pot of talented people that were going to birth from hip hop. It was, you never, you know, that was like our lunchtime. Everybody was down there. We would just have, have lunch. Some of us would be cutting school, mm-hmm. but it was really more like we're all down there doing music. We're creating. Right. So if we were freestyling, people were dancing. We drove. So born in the born in the Bronx. Yeah. Raised in Harlem, but really grew up in Brooklyn. Right. Okay. And grew up in Harlem too. I was really, I'm really. What school did you go to? Passing around. Where I went to in the city when I was younger, I went to uh, Catholic school. So I was at Pelletier. But then I went to Fashion Industries High School. I got kicked out of there as well because I was doing too much graffiti. So, (laughs) yeah, I was just tagging up all the walls. Kicked out of there. What was your tag name? Miss 45. Really? Yeah, I was in a crew called the Craftwork Kids back in the day. Yeah. So I used to tag with everybody on a train. I used to go down Hoyt and Skimahorn, jump on the tracks, go into the train yard. So tag. real New York? A real New York. Real. For real? For real, man. You tagged up trains? Everything. My name would be everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I was rolling back then during the same era of B.O. with the dot in the middle, uh, Lady Pink. Lady Dino- Pink? Dynamite 149. So I was in a crew of Craftwork Kings. We created. So it's like the Wild Style days. Yeah. Oh shit! Did you ever have any like scary spit moments? Was it spit? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I had crazy well, that was Beach Street. Uh, that's Beach what Street I mean. That was, but still, yeah. You know, yeah. chased from the cops on the yards, literally throwing everything. Had to clean trains. Never stopped. So how 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 does one oh, man? We're killing so many birds with the stone here because uh-huh. how would one get act? Well, I know now like security isn't wasn't as heavy back then as it was now right i mean now you can't even you know you stand in front of the turnstile a second and like five cops run up to you but like how does one even 
like even managed to go inside the tunnels to without being watched well back or in the, back in the days in the 80s 90s all there was was like that little gate but we would just jump right onto the track as long as you didn't touch the third rail you were good um and at Hoyt and Skimmerhorn, that's where all the trains would be uh, sitting, the C, the D, you know, A. And that's, those are really the numbers I was tagging. What was it about that particular spot? Because I also know that Everybody when, went there. Well, when Michael Jackson shot the bad video, right. they shot at Hoyt and Skimmerhorn. Like, everyone's like, that's where you got to shoot. That, that's the realist. Because that was really, that's, to me, that's where street art Whenever you jumped on the train, that's where all graffiti artists, they had this, something about Hoyt and Skimmerhorn, that's where you would go, um, at least. And then there was another yard up in the Bronx, mm-hmm. but I didn't, since I was in Brooklyn, I was always tagging in Brooklyn. So was it still regional to the point where it's like Brooklyn people didn't mess with, you You wouldn't go past your neighborhood or oh, yeah, were you free to? I mean, fighting, tagging on each other's different crews' names, then you fight and all that. It was crazy. Really? I was I was a real tomboy. I'm still a tomboy, but there's a, you know, I've grown into a lady, as you would say. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, but it's that tomboy and it's, it's a heart, you know, it's in me. But it's amazing. If I think about the stuff I did when I was younger, I would not be jumping on no train tracks now. It was like, God, I can't believe I did that. Uh, but I was expressing every day you would go to school mm-hmm. and you get on the train, your name was there. It was a beautiful thing. It was like you see your piece of art just flying through and that was really the only way we could express ourselves and then when I got in trouble and I had to uh, clean the trains that's when I was put in a program with Keith Haring and Keith Haring um, stopped me from tagging on trains and I was working more on my black book and then I started painting so yeah damn so you knew Keith Haring crack his whack and it's crazy because I was like so most of the kids that were in his class you know it was because we we're, you know. So he was a teacher? No, he well? had a program for okay. juvenile delinquents, that was it called. Okay. <laughs> you know, okay. that uh, could not stop, you know, their, his program was really to help kids understand and create themselves, create art, not on defacing property, but really showing another platform where you can kind of express yourself. And it worked for me. Okay. It really did. So Ed, Ed Koch developed a, like an anti graffiti yeah. kind of thing. So you had to clean the trains. I had clean trains. Damn! How do you I, get that off a train? What do you, what did they give you? Uh, back then, there was two different ways you had to do. It. Before it was like this this chemical stuff, and we had to scrub, you know. And then it got to a point where they had the sand, the sand blowers, the the, the paint remover blowers. Oh yeah, to, the blasters. Yeah, the blasters. It's way past DD seven. It would need to be at least about ten of us in the you know cleaning trains. At least I remember. When I was cleaning trains. So when you were younger, you wanted, you had aspirations to be an an artist or I, a designer. Well, I knew I I could dance. I loved hip hop. Mm-hmm. I loved music. Um, I just knew I was creative, so I was trying to express myself in any form as possible. And just like anybody else who's an artist, you know, you you want to get your stuff out there. So were you there at the park jams? Any yeah? Pre- any notable ones of? Of memory, of, at least in the Bronx or in Brooklyn. I don't know, like, Brooklyn's true history. I know about Queens and the well, Bronx. Well, most of the jams were mostly because I, I lived in Fort Greene. Okay. So I lived on the other side of Fort Greene from the Fort Greene Projects. So a lot of jams happened with us within Fort Greene Projects. So that was pretty much like my 
my uh, life in it. But if you, I can't, you know, my God, I got in so much trouble in that park, let alone just blowjobs. But I got into trouble. You know what I mean? That early? Are we, sorry. Are we at blowjobs already? Did they start better? Oh, I'm sorry, you know. Doing it in a park, doing Fort Green Park. Oh, yeah, that was right. That was Rock Green you know? Park. It was Rock Green, same yeah, thing. Same thing. Yeah. That was a very park. freaky park. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fort Green Park. Yeah, so. But Old Dirty Bass, it was so funny. Like, if I think about just where I grew up, you know, because they were in Fort Green Project. So I lived on the other side where um, you consider like Crooklyn. You know, like the movie Crooklyn. Right. So whenever I would like date somebody in the projects, oh my God, I had to fight so many girls to get over to the projects. So I knew I I knew for so long of being so young, I knew Old Dirty Bassett for a very long time. So when I got into porn later in life, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, he would chase me everywhere. And I love OD. That was my boy. Right. But he it just it blew his mind, you know. I think a lot of people from the hip hop um, industry that are pioneers now, because we all grew up together. So right. to see me take a different direction, and then realize that that was me later. Yeah, I was blew saying, people did, minds. You, did you take a one eighty? Where I assume that you didn't look the got like you. You really have not aged a bit mm-hmm. since I first seen you. So I'm just saying that the image that we have of Heather Hunter. You know, the goddess had the hunter. Was that not your image when you were in your teens? You no, were more tomboyish? Or? Yeah, but I had that image, but then I guess I oozed. It was just oozing sexuality from me. You know, I had this energy, I guess. Um, I I wore a flat top. I rocked a Shilly E haircut. You know, I was wow. in my own little okay. vibe, but for some strange reason, I, yeah, I oozed sexuality. Was it know? like a moment? Was there a, like a moment? Do you remember? Because you said you were tagging, you were tomboy. Yeah. So when, were you still? You were still had that sexual inside you well, as you were. It's more. It's when my boobs started growing. Okay. Guys started looking at me differently. Okay. Uh, and things started different. Puberty, you know? like puberty. And, I know it. But you know, I think my traumatic moment took me a, a left turn, and I went into the streets. I kind of ran away. So. Most of the people that were still doing music and focusing, I was really kind of trying to find my way of what I wanted to do. What was you your know? traumatic moment? Um, I got raped. Um, that was actually the first time I, uh, I lost my virginity. So that kind of, from that moment when you're in this childhood and impact like that happens to you, you kind of get lost in translation in, in every form of which direct, you know? Yeah, yeah. So... Um, I think after that situation, I, I decided to, I think any woman that or anybody who ever gets raped, the most important thing is to take control of it and really find a way to empower yourself through it. it. Right. So I went into the sex business. I went into the adult business because I had all control. Gotcha. It was at that point I can control every man that I, anything he desired or woman. You know, it was just really what I wanted versus what they wanted. Was it in between the traumatic event and you going into the industry? Was there any like love situation? Like, did you have, did you fall for somebody? Did you have, did you get, did you get the love making process? No, I was searching through the love through the adult business because I started stripping at the age of 16. So that's what makes it deep about Latin quarters because when I was running away, I didn't have a place to stay. And 
there was this guy, I used to go to Latin Quarter at that time, you mm. know, always Latin Quarters. And I realized I, I needed to stay somewhere. And Mr. Goldberg, God bless his soul, mm. the owner of, of Latin Quarters, uh, he really took me in, him and Eddie Bell. He rests in peace. Eddie Bell was mm-hmm. a great boy, okay. one of my best friends. Um, and he was like, okay, you're always hanging out here. Let's give you a job. Uh, and Eddie Bell introduced me to Goldberg, mm-hmm. and immediately he took a liking to me. And I started being the coat check girl and working a door at Latin Quarters. Sometimes I was, the, you know, the guest list girl. Right. Or definitely mostly a co-check girl. But then it got to the point where I started working for Mr. Goldberg in his office. Okay. Because he also uh, co-managed, if I can't remember, uh, David Copperfield. There was something of a business. <laughs> That's that like, man, yeah. Super random. <laughs> yeah, it's very gladness. weird. It's like he had some management <laughs> business with somebody else with David Copperfield. Okay. So all the calls would come in. I would take the calls. Things would happen like that. Um but then he realized I didn't have a place to stay. Uh, I was wondering, like, if ever one night he was just like, yeah, stop by the club one night. Nah, <laughs> I wound up living in Latin Quarters for oh, at wow. least two, two months to so three months. So you literally wow. lived there. I've heard that everyone says, like, yeah, Heather used to live there. And I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know that you literally, literally lived there. Is there like an apartment with a kitchenette? No, and a- see, people don't realize about Latin Quarters because, you know, upstairs and going up towards the attic, Latin Quarters, if I can remember the history, used to be like this beautiful like cabaret club back in the days. Mm-hmm. Restaurant cabaret club. Uh, I think it was even ran very, I think, Italian moth. I, I, I don't know if I can remember the history, but when you went upstairs in the attic area of Latin Quarters, it was like going into the 1930s. Like, it was beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. the furniture... It was stuff that you would see like in a cotton club back in the days, one of those okay. roaring 30s and right. 40s. Mm-hmm. And it it was so untouched. like, And you could feel the spirits and the, the haunting of the place, you know? Because right. I stayed there. It was really spooky sometimes at night. Because uh, then I heard a couple of history after I heard about Latin Quarters was something back in the day, some lady passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, on stage, you know, just the history This I was hearing about Latin Back Quarters. Back in the salsa jazz days. Yeah, okay. salsa jazz days. So well, a lot of people stayed there. The security guard used to look out for me there. Okay. I can't remember his name. He's such a good man. So when Paradise and those guys started, I guess the first party was Celebrity Tuesdays, right? hmm So when they started those nights... Um, I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm not weirded out because... I guess the same people that tell me these stories of quote back in the day right. are also are also the same people that today, thirty years later, have sort of dismayed a dismayed eye of New York now, like mm-hmm. it's gentrified and you know Forty Second Street's all Disneyfied and tourist out and not as hip as it used to be. Right. But you know, I have to. I mean, as a person, I, I grew up in an extremely sheltered childhood, so t- to me. It's like none of you were worried about the danger element of of that nightclub. Not even the owner. Like the owner wasn't at all like worried about like 
any any danger element happening. You know, I just, because there was danger every night. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Every, night. every other night, it could be nice if we had a good night. You know, it would be a point where so good night would, would be what like no one got no fatalities, beat up nobody got beat up. But then you see uh, gold chains flying in the air because somebody yanked the gold chain off of somebody. Can and I ask you something? They would throw it to their boy on the other side so you could oh, wow. see it from the DJ booth. <laughs> somebody get yanked. Take they throw off. it and throw Smart it to somebody. Though. But sometimes at the end of the night, it was great because at the end of the night, after it was time to clean up, some. Gold. She'll be gold. You got weaves. You got hair extensions on the floor. You got stuff that you were like, but you were coming up. I mean, it was my <laughs> well, wait. girls, bamboo earrings. You know. Let, let me interject. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do a, a, a very special version of for one second. When you hear this, what is the very first thing you think of? Now, I've, I've heard people tell me about this, but when you hear this, what's the first thing you think of? So, Daddy O told me what I didn't know. Now, this is weird. Now, as a member of a hip hop band, this is my calling card. Like, yes. oh, a classic hip hop song. Yes. No. No. What? What's the word on it? When this shit was played at the yes. Latin Quarter, you instantly. Oh, yeah. That was like, you had to lost. tuck your chain in. Yeah. Yes. Whenever anyone, like, for people, when they hear that roll, it's a traumatic thing. What, what song it's, is that? Oh, wow. It's Ghost, Ghost that's a, but in, in case you, there's a band from Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm, I'm not asking Bill. for me. Man. I know, Bill. I know. I know. Ghost that's a by Stetson. Ghost that's a by Stetson. Sonic. Thank you. So when that drum roll happens, um, I found out that it's it's traumatic to some New Yorkers because. That would mean they that got robbed. you were about to get robbed yeah. if your chain was stolen. You gotta be. You definitely had to buck up. There were certain songs that would go off in the night, and you would just know this is this is what turns them up, you know. And and yet y'all still played them, and we still played right. it. Yeah. And you went. So at at no at no point were was your life in danger or anything. Well, you had me to- personally, no, because everybody protected me. Everyone in there, like literally between. Paradise, Lumumba, I had every from the X Clan to Professor X, yeah, mm-hmm. even my boy from Public Enemy, every everybody, Teddy Ted, all of them. They all were like my big brothers. They, no one dared not to touch me. It's it was I, it was this is a one crazy experience. Mm-hmm. I was working the door, um, and this is when LL Cool J first came out. You know? Okay, love L. Let's mm-hmm. start off with this. And I told L later because he didn't realize it was me, you know. Right. But this is when L just came out. He had his radio. He was looking fly, you know. He was at his peak, you know. And Latin Quarter's security was not something to mess with, you know what I mean? They really didn't care who you were. They were going to stomp you out. They going if there was a problem, they did not care. It was the most toughest security. There's no security like LQ security today. Oh, really? Hands down, no. So, <laughs> how many of it was him? Sometimes it would be like outside. It's so crazy because it'd be like three or four outside. But by the time something pop off, there's like ten people out there. <laughs> they're like ten dudes stomping on somebody, or even other people from the club that work at the club. It was just madness. Right. It was, it was so madness. But for some strange reason, you 
he felt at peace. I can't explain it because it was like it was like a chaotic church, you know. I, I you okay. know, there was something very special about the place, but then there was something very dark too, you know. Right. It had this uh, definitely this double edged sword when it came to, but and because there was so much so much talent in that place. Right. Like I would be on a dance floor with salt and pepper utfo like everybody queen latifah mm-hmm. light all of us on the floor and no one everybody know they're talented and they're special you know but it's like you would never know like to see where everybody is catapulted to now right. is a beautiful thing but you could feel that everybody in that club was going to turn turn into something was going to be something so what happened with ll ll actually came up to me he, you know, he's just being out. Yo, what's up? And Not me. He was all in my face. And, <laughs> Yo, blah, 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 blah. and at that time, I was dating one of the security dudes, the head of security. And he was just blah, 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 blah. And it was like, I was like, back up. And it was just kind of crazy. And then I just flipped and I said, security. <laughs> oh, shit. And that's all I had to say whenever it was at that point. And as soon as I know, L was out the club <laughs> you know you got he was out the club, the club okay. you know mm-hmm. and then later years later when I became quote unquote Heather Hunter and years later I saw L and I told L I was like do you remember me and he was like wait so I was from Latin quarters he's like nah I don't I said do you remember girl when you had a you only got kicked out of Latin Quarter once. He was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, was like he was like, he was like, oh my God, that was you. <laughs> wow. So, like, oh my God. So was he trying to holler? Like, was he yeah, trying to holler? Yeah, he was trying to holler. But okay. then after, you know, it was, and you got to, but you got to think about it. He's LL. Every girl wanted LL back then. Oh, he was coming you know? strong. But strong. I was a different type of chick. And then my man worked. He was oh. the head of security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was young girl. And I, you know, like I said, all you had to do is say security in there with me. It was this, okay, the most remarkable moment I can remember of Latin Quarters is when Public Enemy performed. Really? Oh, my God. I'll it say, was... you're probably the only person that has a positive view of this. Uh-huh. Because even Chuck himself was like, it, it took it was us two times it to was, get it right. It was so intense, it threw everybody off. Right. And... I think at that time, to me, their presentation, everything that what Public Enemy stand for and mm-hmm. just their stage presence was, to me, gripping, you know? And I think, you know, there was always conflict. Oh, no, no, that's, you know, everybody has conflict of what they thought was hot on stage because they weren't on stage. Right. Everybody was getting the opportunity to be on stage, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask this. Uh, can you describe Melly Mel? I knew it. <laughs> Can you describe Melly Mel? Because again, and and all my and all my research of of Latin Quarter folklore, Melly Mel is if 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 the Latin Quarters were the Muppets, then yeah, he's I Waldorf and Waldorf and Stanley, like the two guys in the balcony that were like super grumpy. Yeah, like was. Were they like the first guys in the club and the last few guys to leave? Or like, what was their presence in that club? Well, it's so funny. Every between Grandmaster Flash, Mr. Broadway, all of them. To me, it was just funny because like back then, 
that era, and especially with hip hop, it seemed like they were every artist was dressing like a male stripper. You know what I mean? Because they, <laughs> I mean, they were. They, I, they were. were. It was like used, male strippers are like another member of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes, like, yeah. and, and it was. It was like everybody came out to shine. So, yeah, everybody stayed to the end. Some people would leave before the end because that's when a lot of things would pop off at the end of the night. Uh, Last song, got to be out. Yeah, and those lights would come on and off, on and off, on and off throughout the night. Music would shut up. Something happened. Lights back on. Lights back off. Music still going. Uh, But I used to date Mr. Broadway, and I used to laugh because now if I think about it, he used to wear these... Little purple tights, you know, right. pants, and you it's look at the eighties. It's still the eighties, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's it to me that that time and ever. There's nothing like it. I've never experienced anything like that club before. Was there a historic hip hop occurrence or something that you remember where it was just that besides Public Enemy? Like, uh-huh. was there one? moment where you felt I mean because a lot of things historically happened there right. I think what hammered got booed there and booed, yeah. vowed revenge I uh-huh. just found out that Kid and Play also uh, their initial group oh, oh I can't remember uh, yeah um, I can't remember so good to stump you too <laughs> I remember, <laughs> well, I, remember not, I can't call it I'm not even going to fact check it myself I just love the fact that you two <laughs> no, you're not going to find it on Google. Bill. Is it too hype? It's like high energy or something like that. No, it's something. But as as that incarnation, they got booed and then came back as Kid and Play. Okay. Who were the IOU dancers? Was I it? was in the IOU. I was the only girl in the IOU. Really? So uh-huh. what was it? Like y'all were just a clique of dancers that... I forced myself in that group. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really? I, did. I really did. Uh, and then even with Rocksteady Crew, because Crazy Legs used to teach me how to dance. So I would be on a dance floor with uh, Crazy Legs. But they were uh, all-boy group, dance crews, a lot of dance crews back then. And IOU was the best. They would dance a lot for mostly the artists' background. And then they would do like different segments in between the shows. So they were pretty much like the house dancers, dance crew of Latin Quarters. Yeah, here like every week they would invent... But they literally invented everything from yeah. Cabbage Patch to everything, the Reebok to mm-hmm. you know the Kid and Play, the Fila. Like yeah. oh wow, they literally invented every dance that you see, and then yeah. you know it it made it national. So what, do you remember the last night of the club? Like what ended the Latin Quarter? Um, honestly, I, I really it was really about Goldberg was selling it. You know, he had to sell it. Uh, he was just going on for his own. From that point, I was in the adult world at that point. What year was that? Oh, uh, God. Around what time was that? I think I was by 19. Okay. 19 years old. 18, 19. So 89. 18. 90. Yeah, 18. That's when I was gone because that's when I went to L.A. Uh, but, yeah, after my 18th, 19th, that's when it started changing over. The point you made before, the most special, at least to me, was the most special night about Latin Quarters was when Scott LaRock's Awake. Mm. Um, that was the most peaceful, touching night that I could ever remember of Latin Quarters. Like, everyone came to, at peace. Everybody was, it was just one of those moments that you would never, ever forget. You know what I mean? Right. And even people in there, you could just feel like 
you know, we need to do better. Right. Do I, you know? I heard that, uh, I guess, Paradise kind of wanted to, to change the... Uh, Paradise was the... Um, the promoter, right? Yeah, the promoter. Yeah, the Paradise proprietor looked after me, of, yeah. Of, of uh, the, the, the uh, Celebrity Tuesdays. Was it always on a Tuesday or any other nights? It was on Tuesdays, but then there was always private events sometime. I was there mostly when I was working there. I was always there like five okay. days a week. No, nah, Celebrity Tuesday was on a Saturday, actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I what just other meant, night would it be on? No, <laughs> I'm not asking was Celebrity Tuesdays on Tuesday. I just meant were hip-hop nights only on or Tuesday. Tuesday yeah, night. then or, we had Sunday, if I believe. I can remember. I think Sunday as well. Fucking Fonte trying to buck a shot at me on my own goddamn show, mother. Is your man throwing you shit? Man, cut his mic off for five minutes. Oh, oh Bill pulling them straight. It's your boss. It's your boss. Oh, he made you do it. No, I didn't make you do it. He made me do it. No, hell no. I meant was hip hop night only on Tuesday. I'm in charge of sarcasm anyway. I don't know what the hell this guy's <laughs> like. That's funny. Well, yeah, I what what I'm what I meant to ask was was I heard that Paradise implemented more the the Afrocentric phase of where hip hop was going to. Mm-hmm. With the medallions, with uh Bimbada's presence there, with the Zulu presence that he was actually responsible for that and was kind of trying to phase out the the gold chain violent side of hip hop due to Scott's death and now was trying to implement more Afrocentricity, which right. is pretty much how X Clan. Yeah, X Clan. Like, so was Paradise, was he a producer for X Clan? Like, I mean, he wasn't one of the MCs. Well, he's like, like he was Paradise was him. literally, my God, Paradise, between Paradise with Gold, Mr. Goldberg, he handled a lot of stuff for him to handle. He banished a lot of stuff. And he, then he was a promoter. Uh, there was a few promoters in there. You had also, but you know, you had Red Alert and Special K and Teddy Ted. They were mostly the regular DJs in mm-hmm. there. Um, but yeah, between Paradise was the man. Okay. He was the guy and he really, that was like my, that's like my big brother. I Is he love still, Paradise. He's still alive? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay. He just wrote a book. Uh, he just put out a photography book. No half oh. stepping. There oh, you really? go. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I've seen this. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. But it's one thing. Can I tap on something that's yeah. so different between now versus the Latin Quarter era with the girls in the club? You know? What is it? As when I was growing up in the club, even the genres, even light, salt, all of them can even definitely can relate to this. Mm-hmm. We were B girls. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it seems like the B girl had that era versus now. We had so much respect. They treated us like, they, they gave us respect, the men in hip hop. Mm-hmm. It was like they, they put you on a pedestal versus now, it's not like that, you know? And my whole thing is like bringing something back. I really wish I could bring back the B girl essence, you know, and make men. And hip hop recognized that versus in the eighty and nineties how they treated girls. I mean, it's it's so different. Now, I wish they could you know? bring back hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> Period. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's it's bad because you know, my God, you know, I'm I, so happy I was a B girl. Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson, 
Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. So when you graduated New York or did you, when did you feel that you were outgrowing New York? Like what called you to Los Angeles? Porn. Oh. (laughs) Don't avoid it. Just get in it. Don't avoid it. Just get in it. Just don't you? I just, Wait, what are you talking, talking about? about? Yeah, like, what, what are you talking about? I was talking about you. I was just like, get in. just get out the Latin Quarter and go into the because that's where she went. That's where she went. Right. Yeah, and then but, when I got back, it was when I got back. It, then it was a tunnel. You know, things uh, just changed. And it was oh, different. Wow, yeah, yeah. It's a different. Era. It went from Irving, that was my era. Yeah, it went from Irving Plaza to tunnel, and things were changing now. You know, and so, that was my era too because I did a lot. Of, I was a promoter a lot for tunnel. What didn't you do? So let's tackle that issue. <laughs> <laughs> As Laia says. All right. So you go to Los Angeles. Like, how did you, how do you get into the industry? How does one get into the industry? Especially 
when the time period that you were in the industry, um, you know, racist. I'm certain that <laughs> porn is probably one of the most racist cultures of all time. Right. Like, I mean, the titles I was seeing was like, again, like fried chicken and fucking yeah. and all that. <laughs> Like all the stuff in my no, like no, nah, I got you. Yeah, nah, my uncle had like some like Ray Victory and <laughs> Barbecue no, Volume Three. Like it's very true. It was yeah. So how do you navigate your way to the status that you became? Because as far as I'm concerned, like you were at least from my point of view, you kind of were equal billing of the white actresses of of the of the time right on was, covers yeah. and you weren't doing like super derogatory nah. shit it was because i had a really good manager he had a magical idea when we kicked me off <laughs> the magical idea was like let's like, treat you with dignity yeah <laughs> it was more or less less not Tell them what your color skin is. We're going to put your first movie out and it's going to be Heather. And it was like, we're going to ignore that but you're eventually in eventually they were going to see you no, though, right? No, no, no. I'm saying as in when you're doing promo, before you're doing promo to put out for adult, like promo goes out. So the whole team was like throwing out Heather, Heather. And then my face was shown. And then that's when I started standing up for everything. But what what's promo in the adult world? Back then, promo in the adult world was like, okay, uh, AVN, when you had the AVNs back then. Mm -hmm. So they would get flyers, you would promote things. It was mostly like street teaming stuff, you know? Okay. Um, and then, you know, the internet was only created for porn back then. So if you were on the internet at that time, you knew exactly what was going on, at least with in the adult world, you know? Um, and then I stood up for every right. From there on, I refuse to be treated. I want to be treated no matter what color my skin is. So I really stood up. I broke through a lot of color barriers. I stayed to my convictions. Uh, and it's really about knowing your worth and sticking to it, you know? How old were you when you did your first movie? 18. You were 18? I, I did it on my birthday. Wow. Yeah. What was When the, is your birthday? October 1st. Okay. Libra. Libra. Damn. Yeah. That's good, that's good <laughs> shit. Fuck, man. <laughs> Bad. What was the first, what was that experience like, just your first time on camera? Oh, it was crazy. It was really crazy because I realized how wild the people were in the business. You know what I mean? And I was like, wow, this is crazy. It seemed like I danced through it. Okay. Like I was kind of like an out of, out of body experience, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Do you know what to expect? Like I had no clue. Okay. And then when this girl pulled out this Back then, there was really no dildo. She pulled out one of these big massage. Oh, <laughs> you, know, oh, shit. you know, you need those yeah. huge, <laughs> one of those huge vibe, you know, massage. No, vibe I know it. Yes, yes. Oh from my Spencer's or, God, yes, or... I, that was actually the first time I actually, well, I actually was with a woman she was on camera. Story. It was Word. the first time, the very first time. So yeah. the first time so, was with the girl. It wasn't with the guy. It was or no, was it, with it was both? With a, Guy, but it was my first time actually having a girl. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I mean, I, I was attracted to girls, but it was my first time really going all the way in. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, how are you not self-conscious about it? Like, I'm pretty sure that some part of porn is scientific, as in, okay, stop, uh, cut, we need this angle right here, and, da, oh, da, da, yeah. da, and you know, there's no manual to guide you through that or any training so how do you 
you just you got to catch on quick and then yeah, your angles. I, yeah, you, I, honestly, I say you know that's why the difference between now how everybody's really over top with their sexuality and not really understanding it when you're in the porn business you really have to be a professional you have to have that professional state of mind because if you don't and you just dip in you can lose it along the way you know what i mean really so oh yeah you could lose it a long way um so you have to already be a natural freak i think it has to be already in you have no inhibitions, you know, comfortable with sexuality. But did you know Brave how much of a freak you were, like, oh, at yeah. that age? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was Because <laughs> you still had to become no, more yeah. of a freak. You know what I mean? Like, 18 freak, Heather, is different than 10 years later. I'm more right? freakier now, but I'm, That's more, what I'm, I'm, I'm a domestic freak now. I got a man, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm home, you know. <laughs> got my, you know, but right. it's a different, it's different dynamic now. But I think the older you get, you get more freakier, you know? Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at y'all. I expect Laia to lead this conversation, but Uh, what is the difference between sex on camera and, or rather, how do you differentiate between sex on camera and, like you say, like domestic sex or sex in real life? Sensitizing. Yeah, like how do you? How do you not? How do you have like you? Is it like you have a scene with somebody and it's like, oh, great job, and let's hook up later, or not? Nah, is it just a line? It's like that was that, and now we're done. Well, that's the thing. When I was in porn, I only dated porn stars, male porn stars. Makes like, sense. Is that I wouldn't date somebody out. I call y'all civilians. I wouldn't. Yeah, date, I was going to say. I wouldn't I've been date a civilian. civilian a lot. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> do it because honestly, I would like, why you want to date me? I'm doing porn, you know, because I wouldn't want to date me, you know, so. I had this thing now, date male porn stars. So, yeah, I got to pick all my men because I work for Vivid. So it was, yeah, I, we would go from there and then we we would have awkward sex in front of the camera and everybody telling you to do something. It's just like you can't even enjoy it. So you would go back into the bathroom after your scene was done and then y'all could actually have, get it in. and get it in if y'all were together, if you felt like it. Um, so it is acting. How much of that is acting? Oh, it's acting. It's hard. How can you act oh, when your, bo- your body has to respond? <laughs> no, because it's like, okay, perfect example. I was watching a porn. I just had this discussion with somebody. I was just watching porn. And like I say, if I meet a guy when I was single, if I met a guy and he's like, wants to pound, mm-hmm. pound. Mm-hmm. He's doing everything like a porno movie. Mm. And no, it's like, that ain't good. You know, <laughs> this, no, no, no. It's not good because, like, when you're watching the porn, even when we're having sex on camera, we got to speed up so it looks exciting for the viewer. We have to, no! we have, <laughs> we have to do everything to make it look so exciting. And then when we're about exciting and into it, they like cut. Okay, we got to do this. Turn the angle. Go this way. All right, stills. Heather. <laughs> da da da. You got to, you know. It, it, it so we got a whole new generation that watches porn and repeats it, and yeah. And And that ain't even that ain't how it need to go now. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You sound so disappointed, like Uh, (laughs) no, just I mean, but she that whole concept that's because they're professional entertainers. That's what we're doing. That's a problem. Men watch porn and they think sometimes that it's like no, it's not that. Is it? Is it? I would imagine that for the male performer, Uh, it's almost there's a bigger pressure to instantly perform because I mean, women can fake orgasms like. Nobody's business. But now they got Viagra. Like in my era, it was hard. 
you know, now the guys are just. Well, yeah, I'm just saying yeah. like, just like on cue, like, okay, let's oh, go, yeah. hurry up. Yeah, Ray Victory, perfect example. He could not come unless you had red high heels on. Shut it. Yeah. He was banging so much, he could not come. <laughs> he did not care who you were. Right. I remember I had a scene with him, and I had my little, you know, because I was so very girl next door right. I had my little skippies on. He was like, uh-uh. That ain't going to get it. That ain't going to do it. That's not going to do it. They had to go get me I, yeah. <laughs> red high heels. I was going to say, I'm kind of... <laughs> Like the 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 yoga era of of porn and this whole like what was the yoga era? Of not porn? the yoga era. I mean, I mean they have different things. They have like lot. It's it's always the same backup. Like it's like it's either the pizza delivery scene. Oh, oh okay. Or, you mean the setup? Yeah, I just. Okay. Oh, now there's yoga class. Or the I mean whatever. <laughs> I mean, in my head. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know. The, the, the sports gym look is not. Oh, it's not hot. It's it's not personally sexy to me. Okay, but you know, but love who, don't like who that. am I? <laughs> who am I? To... Yo, is, isn't uh, just to get get you out of your your hole you going into? Um, isn't porn <laughs> one of the only one of the only uh, industries where the men is inequality between the men and the women in pay where the men get paid less? Or is that not yeah, true? the men get paid less. Certain guys, if you're a star guy, you, you could probably get make more money than the girls. But if you're in gay porn, they make more money. Well, yeah, they, they make money they just should. like the women. Yeah, so it's, you know, I have a lot of colleagues that are in the business that I've been out of the business for 28 years now. I've been retired. So it's been a long time. I, I kind of keep in touch with certain people because I, certain people I do like that's still in the business or mm-hmm. like I like Misty Stone. I think she's a good person. Um, so are you mentoring Heather, a little bit? Huh? Do you mentor a little bit? My whole life is a mentor. Well, that's true. <laughs> every day I She's get up. She's mentoring us right now. <laughs> you know, my every day is, you know. Uh, it's interesting. It comes through my, my uh, rings on my phone every day. Uh, questions, everything. Um, so I think the business itself, and I, I still, and I think people look at me, and it, I'm not anti-porn. You know, a lot of people think, wow, she's not in porn. She feels my only view about porn is that I just really wish that they would practice safe sex. Well, I was going to ask, know, like, how scary was that it? That bothered well, I left because I wasn't going to, I was wearing condoms anyway. As soon as I came about, I was wearing condoms. But after I did, I was telling, I tell this all the time, when I did a movie in Hawaii for Vivid and I was doing a scene in a, in a non erupting volcano, I was down inside the volcano with Vince. Vince somebody, Boyer. And I'm like, why am I down here? Because after taxes, it's not going to be worth it. It, it, Between my health, Mm -hmm. taxes, I can't do this no more. You know what I mean? It's just, just, I think I started growing up. You know, I started kind of waking up and realizing, you know, there's more things that are important, which is your health and making sure you stay on this earth. Because that business is like going into war. You can come out a soldier unscathed or you can come out and you could really die you know what i mean how thorough are they as far as making sure that i have my papers and i'm tested and like is well, there someone always on the set that's like okay let me and someone could lie about it i, I oh, forget yeah. wasn't there a brother in detroit yeah yeah uh, who went i can't to remember Brazil? his name but yeah uh was it darren james was it him I it sounds it was, familiar i, I, I just know that he he went to brazil mm-hmm 
and he got infected. I know that the industry had to shut down for a month or so. Like, who who are the police dogs that enforces that? And, like, in the age that it is now, now I would so imagine. Now it's so crazy. It's almost like, pull out your iPhone. <laughs> uh, it's impossible to, I mean, you have your set companies that still do the protocol. You take get tested every time you do a movie. Uh, these people still choose to, they don't want you to wear condoms, but if you want to, you have to really insist it. Sometimes you won't get hired because you just want to wear condoms. So, um, I was with Vivid, so I was contract girl, so I was able to wear condoms if I choose to. Was that the highest honor back then, like, to be a Vivid? Like now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, even to this day, to be a Vivid girl. They're, they're still Vivid, a thing? yeah. Okay. Is... I mean, Kim and Ray J took them to another level, right? And yeah. then it just went back up That was there. Vivid? That was Vivid. <laughs> right, right. Wait, you, Mimi, you said that with pride and alacrity. Like... <laughs> that was the empire built for, like, I several people. Local. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, that was the Kardashian empire, yeah. And, oh. Mimi and I was proud him. to be a vivid girl. I always will. It's something that I, I I'm not gonna uh, forget of my life because it was a. They were a great company. Um, were your peers as nice to you, and or that thing, or was it like uh, was it catty as far as? Oh no, I I all my the vivid girls I was cool with. One I punched in the face. Uh, Who was that? Uh-huh. <laughs> Who were you about to punch? Say? Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> See, I just want to know what she yeah, did. Yeah, the one it was one I punched in the face. Who did you have to punch? Who was it? I'm not going to say her well, name. Why, why well, did you do it? Why did do? you have to punch her? Huh? What'd she do? Uh, we were all on set waiting for her. All the Vivid girls were on set waiting for her. I was really sick, and she decides that... She showed up late. She showed up like four hours late. She, oh, she a mirror job. She, <laughs> yeah. she went to go get her hair bleached, and I was sick, and then she came in just like, I could do whatever. What you going to do with it? I just socked her. <laughs> what you gonna do? Did she still do the scene? Yeah, afterwards? my Keisha came out and I socked her. And, <laughs> you, know, you gotta tell us now. And then they sent they sent her home, and I finished the shoot. Oh, you know, man. her face yeah. was fucked up. Mm-hmm. Her face was fucked no, up. No, after that she became like she really wanted to be my best friend from there on. <laughs> she didn't want to get punched it's again. It's funny. It's funny. But yeah, no, everybody's was, always respectful. I we were like the Brady Bunch. I no was gonna family. say for. The environment you grew up in as a New Yorker mm-hmm. and the time that you grew up in as a New Yorker, you're very nurturing and not necessarily like, usually there's a, a hard exterior or a defensive exterior in most New Yorkers I know. Like, I haven't, I've yet to hear you say, what happened? Or like any Brooklyn sort of terminology that lets me know that you're like, you've been through shit and yeah, lived yeah. through shit. Deadass. But yeah. dead ass, dead ass son. yeah. That's 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 when I said Keisha comes. That's my middle name. That's when Keisha comes out. You know what I mean? Uh, Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. What is your real name? My name is Heather, Heather Keisha, Keisha Hunter. Hunter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What made you go into your real name? My father. He said, "Be proud of your name. You oh, have wow. a powerful name." So when he found out you were doing porn, what was his reaction? He was like, he was not shocked. It was more or less my father always. I could rob a bank, and my dad was like, "She's the best bank robber." Ever. <laughs> I could do no wrong in my father's eyes, which was beautiful because that helped me, you know, you know, along the way, yeah. you know. Um, was yeah. your mother in the picture as well? Yeah, my mom too. My mom what? still don't get it. She look at me like, I, "What did you do?" <laughs> <laughs> my mom, she she just don't get it. You know, she still don't get it. Do you have a large family? Do you have cousins? I have a huge family. So okay, huge. Be- because you are the crim to the crim of, I mean. 
your name is is pop culture referenced in many of of, of hip hop's rhymes. Is it weird for your cousins or whatever, like to like how? Well, my sisters, I have to, uh, you know, it's interesting. My, There's my, more of you? My younger sisters, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you saw my younger sister, you'll lose your mind. <laughs> Hi, okay. Yeah, yeah my, my younger sister, you know, I, I, I knew it was going to be hard for them because um, they're both beautiful, they're attractive. Uh, but what I loved about them, they were raised so strong, good head on their shoulders that no matter what comes their way or if somebody was like, oh, you have the hunter sister or something, they really handle it, you know? They never wanted to stray away from it, you know? And then my male cousins, all of them use my name, like, oh, I can get pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, because they think you taught them some things. Yeah, Yeah, so it's it's interesting. What about all those those MCs that you mentioned that you came up with at Latin Quarter? Like, at what point was everybody well receiving of your career, or was anybody like, "All right, let me come talk to you in the corner"? You know, I have a few, like a few. Thank God, I've been the same all my life. Mm -hmm. My character, everything about me, I've I've never changed. So, you have a few people that have thrown off, you know. Definitely a few people are thrown off. Um, but then they got used to it because I think it it came with the respect that I already had within my community, my street, my friends. It was just already there. You know, I really respect people. And Something just hit me right now. Like, literally, when she said that, something hit me. I'm sorry. It sounded like it. Wait a minute. I, I, I don't know if you know this about me, Heather, uh-huh. but I am probably... The, the third most knowledgeable person of anything Soul Train. I thought he was going to say oh, porn. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Soul Train. You danced on Soul Train. Yeah. I believe that was you. I was going to say, like, even then I didn't put two and two together that that was you. Yeah, I was in porn at that time. When wow. I was going to say, you were on, you were a Soul Train dancer as Heather Hunter. I snuck in on the line. I used my mother's name. So I got online. They let me in. As soon as I was on the floor, I guess, because I danced like I'm New York, they right. were like, oh, my God. And the Asian girl with the long hair. Yes, I Cheryl, Cheryl, she Cheryl was re- Yeah, she was retiring, and right. I had long hair. So they immediately threw me up You're on the the new stage. One. Right. Right. So now I'm up on stage. I'm like, oh, this is bad. This is great. <laughs> and my boy who had the cane, I forgot his name. Louis, 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 It took like about five shows for. I was going to say you were only on for seven episodes. Yeah. What happened? Eric Kasim, who was the manager, um, who was the production. The yeah. yeah, he knew after he realized. It's like, oh my god, this is how the hunter, you know, and even Louis point to the cane. Oh my God, it's Heather Hunter. So they kind of hid me from from Don Cornelius for a while. <laughs> and, and they threw me down. Eric kept throwing me down the Soul Train line. Okay, let's get you down the Soul Train line. Let's get you down. We're going to get all these down. And then out of nowhere, someone contacted the Don Cornelius and said that you have a porn star gyrating wow. twirling down the line. <laughs> I bet you it was oh, Pam so Brown. Great. It was Pam Brown. It probably uh, had to have been Pam oh Brown. Oh, my God. Oh, Pam Brown, she was wow. a hater. She was a... Wow. And then Don yeah. was like, 
pulled me to the side when I came back next time. He, 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 he could not. This is how great this was because I would see John at Stringfellows at the club in right. L.A. So he's okay. like, "Who is this girl? How did she get into Stringfellows?" I'm, I'm there with Marvin Gaye Jr. and mm-hmm. all of them, and how is she in here? You know. And then it clicked, and he found out who I was, and then he couldn't. Uh, I got. I love Don for this because he didn't want to tell me that I couldn't be on the show because he thought it was not right to do. You can't do that. You know what I mean? Ostracize someone. Yeah. Right. So I gave him a break, and I did it for him. Mm. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah, I gave it to it. And then I used to, and then I said, I said, I get it, you know. I'm just happy that I had experience to actually do this. And he was like, you could still hang and come down. And and that was exactly what I would do. I'd go and chill Mm -hmm. and I would hang out because I I worked with Eric as well. And and Don was just the coolest. And then about that time, you know, friends and I had to respect him because, you know, he couldn't do it. You know, he couldn't say, hey, you can't be on Heather. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go. And then we did a porno movie called Get on the Real Soul Train. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as soon as I left Vivid, we just said, okay, come on, we're going to do a movie called Get on the Real Soul Train. Who was in that? You remember who was in it? It wasn't me. It was me, Peter North. Peter North. Yeah, it was really good. Was it a train involved? No, it was like, I was very Listen. I don't don't think she means like a choo-choo train. Yeah, I don't. I I know that, Bill. (laughs) Make it sure. No, don't get Did you have a a no list, Heather? Did you have like a... Oh, yeah. Break it down. Oh, my no list was not past three people. Okay. Um, I think... Three guys or just three girls and guys? Well, I did. No Houston 500 I did the three guy thing and I didn't. It was just too much. Um, I didn't do anal. I still don't do anal, you know? Okay. Um, That's why you that, probably. ladies. Not <laughs> even Heather. It's okay. Um, sorry. <laughs> no, you, you still under. Yeah, I, you know. Just really hey, traditional if she wants stuff. to do it, she can do yeah. it. Gotcha. It's, up to her. it's up to her. Being when you were under contract for Vivid at that time, what was the stipulations? Because, I mean, could you dance on Soul Train or could you do if, if someone nah, said, hey, I could why don't do you do a movie? I could like do a, anything. A real, like a not a, a pornographic movie, but like a, a regular movie. No, I could do anything. You could do that. I was just an independent contractor, even though I was on a contract with them. You have to understand, we I did six movies a year. We would bang out the six movies in just one month. So oh, wow. the whole year, I'm pretty much whatever I want to do. Yeah. And so for doing six movies in a year, was, uh-huh. that was enough for you. You could survive off of that financially. Um, it was adding to the pot of touring. Yeah, I think oh, you were okay, dancing. Okay. Yeah, I was touring, so. Oh, okay. And by touring, you was dancing in clubs and stuff. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, the money's sweet. That was hard to give up, you know? <laughs> Oof. But now I, I make clean money. I call it clean money. It's not, not clean money. I call it non-kinky money. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. 
I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Farian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So when you announced your retirement, was, I don't know, what, what was it taken seriously by the industry? Or is it always like, you'll be back? Because most, most of them people do come back. cannot yeah. get out of the sand trap of of that industry. I but did you it. left yeah. for real. No, I did it, JC. I and came back. Tech. No, I, I came you back. You came back? Yeah, I did it, JC. But no one knew I came back. I, I didn't know you came back. <laughs> yeah. I came back and I just privately signed a contract with a... Vivid, and I gave them, I think, four more movies. Okay. And then I completely stopped. So it seemed like it was part of the same era when I was doing films, but I just really came back and did a couple of films, and I was done. What was it that made you get out when you got out? I was done. The HIV, the... Yeah, I was done. Yeah. I I didn't want to catch anything I couldn't get rid of like that. You know what I mean? Or die. You know, and I, then I, when you made the comeback, what was it that shifted? When you came back that brief time? Oh, I came back for money, honestly. Just for the bread. Yeah, gotcha. I came back because I had a purpose. I wanted, you know, certain things. I, I was buying a house. And that's why I came back is when I came back is when Tupac passed away. Mm. Uh, Tupac uh, told me to come back after I did a How, How Do You Want It video. Mm-hmm. Um, he convinced me to move back to L.A. And a couple of months after that, he passed away. So I was in L.A., and I was just like, okay, let me, you know. What was, now that's the time when I started to visit L.A. And L.A. was a hot territory as far as the height of death row. Right. Now, again, I mean, if you if you survive the tunnel, I'm pretty sure that right. there's, <laughs> there's no place that you're afraid of. Right. You can handle death row if you can mm-hmm. survive the tunnel. Uh, but I mean, the environment was still hot out there as far as tension and where hip hop was at the time and beef and all that stuff. How, I mean, what, what was it like for you to see him pass away? And I know that you two were good friends. Mm -hmm. So now that the Tupac film is out, like, 
what are your feelings about his his legacy and 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 what he meant as far as the the industry is concerned? That's a that's a lot of layers. Uh, um, <clears throat> I think. Oh man, this is when I Tupac always kind of like I get very you know. Uh, it's unfortunate because when I met Tupac, I met him in New York City. You know, and just like any hip hop artist that I've known that have been dear to me, mm-hmm. by the blessings of like, I, I swear it's like angels. There's always like someone looking out for me in any area that something's about to pop off, you know? And the time that I spent with Pac, I've never saw him in an environment of hostile like you know i never saw anything violent or right. you know so to to see that world when he was not around me it was like i saw a man that very misunderstood in a sense because you really people didn't really know him you know what i mean there was so many layers to so him. he was humanized to you yeah and human and three-dimensional to you yeah and even the caricature what his yeah a lot of things are touchy for me even this movie you know i think it's a beautiful thing that they they did a tupac film uh but i don't i think it's too close to home for me you know what i mean that i don't i don't you know it'll take me a second to watch that film you know um if you think about the west coast and east coast beef all those years was complete stupidity, honestly. Mm-hmm. And to be part of that history and know that I have full range to go wherever I want, you know, and to see how the East was talking about the West and the West was talking about the East. And I, you know, it's like, it's, it wasn't about where you were from. It was just like, why Why is this conflict, you know? It's just, it made no sense because even when Biggie passed away, Biggie was in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, looking to f- find property. He was really thinking about staying there, you mm-hmm. know? At least getting a piece of property there, you know? And it's sad that this conflict that was going on, which to me is like guys fighting, little boys fighting in a playground mm-hmm. in sand. You know, it, it was ridiculous. And to see Tupac pulled from the West to the side of his East history and then from the West and have to, you know what I mean, find his way through that. And to see both of them pass away, it's just, nah, it was just... Were you friends with Big as well? Were y'all cool? Yeah, me and Big later down the line we became friends, you know? Gotcha. Yeah, I'm very... Uh, oh, after that video, prop, I said after the video, like after the Pac video. How well, do you, how do you want how do you it came out like that was almost too close to yeah. Big's death, so... Right, but it's just sad, you know, I, I, you know, to see hip-hop now and just to see people not really acknowledging history and at least... To me, the it's, new generation. It's a disposable culture. Yeah, you know. You know um, I really wish that we could uh, turn back time, but it's impossible. You know, um, 
So we just got to learn from here and try to educate. And even if they don't want to hear it, you got to push it down and force it down their throat, you know? So right now, are you indifferent to what hip-hop culture is now? Um, and do any of hip-hop's current luminaries, do they acknowledge you and your your existence? Or is it like, what's the environment like for you now? Is it just like, you know? Well, I'm... I'll always be hip hop. I, you know, put hip hop inside <laughs> well, me. Hip hop, what we when know I, as, but I yeah, mean, what they call I mean, hip hop today. Yeah, like. what they call hip hop today. I, I think you know, you have some good stuff. I think back in the day, you had more. Everything about hip hop was wonderful, you know. So now it's like certain people I like, certain people I, I, I don't pay attention to. I listen to a lot of old school stuff. Um, I love Kendrick Lamar. I think mm. he's cool. You know, um, it just there's. Uh, there's really not anybody moving in me unless I hear a song, you know, that goes, hey, this is, who is that, you know? Right. Um, so you're not shazamming on your app every five seconds like, oh, nah, let me get, okay. No, nah, no, nah, <laughs> nah. I'm a prince head, you know? Yeah. I really that's am. That's why I love it. You know? So. <laughs> the truth. And I like music. Honestly, I like music that makes you take your clothes off. Yes. So. Is, yes, is Prince why yeah, the book yeah. is named Insatiable? Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. That is one of the, and there's a character in the book named Martha um, ah. that uh, from Insane. Yeah. Got a Jones. And this, How many this, books have you written? That's what I was about to do. Uh, this is actually my first, but I actually have a whole collector series that coming out that I'm working with. Fictional my books? editor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because what's interesting is you're writing these books, but then I'm hearing your story when it, in regards to hip hop. And it sounds like there's a lane there that you can, I mean, as well as well as what you're you're writing. But do you ever think about that, like really going over your life story as far as the hip hop lane of things? Well, that's the book. You really could right. you read that. Okay, it's like a urban boogie nights. It's and LQ <laughs> is in there. That's why I, I was talk asking, about Latin should Quartus. I look, should I look at it? Yeah, as Latin fiction Quartus or is all up in there. Okay, was, yeah. all right. So yeah. okay. speaking of boogie nights, how I always now I have to ask a former porn star to get how uh, authentic is that movie, or like how true to life is it? That movie was touching. Where? Yeah. You know, what I like about that movie, it showed the, the dark versus always glorifying things. You know what I mean? Uh, you think we glorify it too much as a society? Now, yeah, to the point that 10-year-old girls are ready to be a porn stars. And they don't understand that. It's like, it, it, right. they're not even born to be that. You know what I mean? Right. It's like we're forcing it on them. And that's where I, I kind of... I'm I'm really about anything that's adult. I like it in an underworld. I like where we were at, you know. So you're I like not for these segregated. App, you're not for these apps like the porn hubs, the, oh, no. the black. Only when I'm trying to get off, though. Tasty blacks. Tasty blacks. You said you're trying to get off. That's the only when I'm trying to get off, though. I'll go to my. But porn I think hub. Heather. I think you're on some of those, though. You know that, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Why don't you get your money? Can you watch yourself? Yeah. Really. But do you watch with a critique eye, like? Oh, I, I could yeah, critique porn like crazy. Yeah. Even me, yeah. So what is like, so what is to you, what are staples of bad pornography? Like something that the average viewer would never even know. I hate when a girl looks in the camera. I hate that. Okay. Oh, that bothers me, you know? It's like if you're going to look in the camera and you look at me while you do doing, say my name. And if you can't do that, then don't do it. Um, mm. I don't, like when you're watching a video, you know, um, I don't. I don't like when the girls look like they bored, like they look like they're thinking about shopping while the guy is fucking them. <laughs> Did his business behind. on See, me. okay. Yeah. Now you would you would critique it like we critique music, so it's mm-hmm. 
where you know like uh, someone's phoning in from home yeah, yeah. or they could have did that verse better or that sort of thing. Right. Can I you wouldn't tell know when someone, what, can you I tell know what to look for to know that someone's not into it or they're not into it or shows you, yeah, because it shows that, you know. Yeah, what are I've the tells? Like give us some game. Like how what are the some of the tells that we can see, okay, she's bullshitting them or she's real. Like she's really enjoying it Damn, versus don't this ruin it for me. A <laughs> <laughs> pussy has to be wet. Okay. Well, you can't uh, but even then, oh, nobody you can, can run in real quick and just put some there. Yeah, but yeah, nowadays I know this porn. Uh, we've been watching porn, right, baby? We've been watching porn lately. A porn we've hub? Been, yeah, we've just been watching a lot of porn. So oh, just porn. Okay. Even with the porn, it's like some of the, they don't do that anymore. It seems like nobody's losing lube. Ah, so okay. back in the days, we used to lose a lot of lube, but they're not doing it. How anymore. do you know they're not doing it, though? Because I'm watching, I've been watching it lately, and I go, okay. She knows what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because I'm like, can I just pause tape and then edit, you know? And... No, nah, okay. not. Okay. Nah. Nah. There's no pause and tape. Okay. Nay. <laughs> so, uh, how do you feel about the rise of a- of amateur porn? Like people just you know making homemade porn and putting it out there. That's the point. That honestly, I feel it's dangerous. Really? Just because it's not being uh, regulated uh, health wise, you know, and that's where I say it's just out of hand now because you got mom and papa companies opening up and no one's really. You know, yeah, your iPhone is a porn studio. Yeah, no one's I mean, you really going. Hey, we should. These people should be tested. It's not being. It's enforced. It's not happening. You know. Yeah. Housewives parties. Yeah. Yeah, that's this is a whole category. It's kind of crazy. When you talked about some of like the darker sides of it, like the boogie nights uh, address, what were some dark parts for you? <laughs> We went down a dark hole. No, I, I, you know, it's, it's too, um, it's too, too dark. It's not about dark. It's just too personal. Um, but put it like this: I was on the set, and something happened, and I really didn't understand why no one was so sensitive about it you know and i got really upset and i kind of flipped out something happened to you or something happened just to someone else or just on set um something happened to me okay. you know and is okay well i gotta ask what can i assume that this is more of a cultural understanding because again i don't know if... okay let's let's be real i'm gonna be real with you because i say it in a Thank you, way that Heather. does it sound stinky um um uh, i was on set you know and I caught my menstruation on set. Oh. Okay. And it was a woman director. And they want to continue doing the scene. Huh? Ooh. And I'm looking at her like, what is wrong with you? Like, everybody looking at me like, I'm crazy. I'm like, I'm bleeding. What is, what is wrong with y'all? Right. And I'm looking at all these people like, oh, it's nothing. I'm like, something wrong with y'all people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly something is wrong with y'all. And she didn't... I, from woman to woman, I thought she would be a little bit more sensitive and a little bit more empathy. And I had to flip Spot on this. her getting the shot. And it was really, her. really, you know, and then I was just like, oh, this is really nasty. This is that. But it was like little things that would build up to go, okay, this is not for me anymore. I'm really kind of, I'm, I'm taking things too personal now when this is a professional business. You feel me? When you yeah. got when you got out and you were saying earlier that, you know, when you were in porn, you only dated porn stars. Yeah. So then when you got out, what was dating like Ooh. then? I immediately, I got married. Someone scooped me up and married me. Yeah. So how long you guys you married? You got married? Yeah. Wow. Immediately. After I got out of porn. 
I, I think I, yeah, I dated him for six months and I was married. Yeah. Oh, and this, this is your, I mean, no, they can't no, see. No, that was a long time ago. Oh, okay. okay. I, was, I, I was like, just, I looked, he said, no, I, I was like, I was 21. <laughs> I was 21. Okay. So I was only married for a year. Hmm. Yeah. Great guy. But Dang, you retired I didn't know what I was doing. You know, great man. A credible person, you know, we're best friends to, to this day, gotcha. but I was just too young, you know. I, I just got a porn, I've never really had a real relationship before, so I was really, and he was such a good person, a wonderful person. So, you know, I just things happened too quickly, and I had to really understand the difference between relationships and not being not in a relationship, gotcha. you know, physically. If, I was learning my way through relationships because all I was doing before was just performing and having sex, you know? So then once you guys got divorced and you went, I guess you started dating again. I started dating what again. What was that like? Um, it was like getting on a bike and learning how to ride <laughs> <laughs> and falling off a couple of times, you know, until you got it right. And, you know, I think, I think even now I'm 47 years old and I got it right. Uh, nine years ago, you know, I'm with, I'm with my man now. And I finally could truly say that, you know, I'm really in love. And I know the difference between love and lust. You How'd know? you guys meet? Uh, I hunted him down. I found him. <laughs> I found him online. Oh, yeah. okay. oh that does work. work good. I'm doing that now. So that's good to know. Yeah. It's all right, Heather. You, it's, you have friends in the room. because. <laughs> No, nah, online real. dating is not really the thing anymore. Nah, well, I don't think it was like yeah, a taboo like around it. Yeah, it's not no, 1997. I was, I, was, yeah. I was impressed with his talent, so that's how we we met. Impressed yeah. with his talent. You yeah. can't just leave that out there yeah. like that. You gotta. Yeah, she can't. Let it be ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm leaving like that. Okay. Is is he? You work in the industry as well, or? No. Let's leave it like that. Oh, okay. Now he's at his talent. Damn, like, that can be anything. It's online, dude. It's like, yeah, he's it can be music. I ain't gonna yeah, be a DJ. Yeah, he's a singer. He's a singer. He's a singer. It wasn't me. Singer. It was Sponte. Yeah, yeah, so that was Sponte's first one in 90 episodes. Right. <laughs> anyway, like, Heather. Hey, man, I could like to stroke. How talented is he? I kind of want to. I don't need all that. I just. I got, I got a question. Yeah. I thought he might be a DJ or some shit. So you mentioned that the, in your. Um, you mentioned a minute ago about working with a, a bad experience working with a woman director. Mm -hmm. How many is it common to see women working behind the camera or not behind the camera, behind just behind the scenes in general in porn? Like it's not. No, it's very rare. Very rare. Back then, it was very rare. Now. Yeah, there's a lot of women that are behind the camera. But back then, that's why I was thrown off. I'm like, yo. Was that a woman of color that you went through that with? I was just curious. No. No, okay. Well, after your, your stint in the industry, But I she believe... apologized afterwards. Yeah. Uh-uh. Okay. Well, all's well, ends well. <laughs> <laughs> so at, after uh, your run, you signed the Tommy Boy Records, I believe? Yeah. yeah. Island Records, then Tommy Boy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what were at that point were you trying to figure out like okay what am I going to do for the rest of my life were you pursuing 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 passions or like what yeah, are just your passions I'm just I'm just What are you life. passionate about now like what is your well I know that you're deep into art photography uh -huh. and you like what are your passions now that you're you're pursuing now your bucket list Uh my books you know writing uh my photography books I love shooting so I have a photography business mm -hmm. In my studio, um, and 
my documentary is important right now. I'm about to do my documentary. And then the book that you're in that I have called The Unforgettable. I'm still working on that. So I'm closing out a lot of products right now. Um, and What's the I'm, documentary? Of my life. Yeah. I'm ready to talk now. I'm actually ready to express myself. I'm a very private person. It's a lot and you're directing it yourself? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of weird. Well, usually... I'm having someone produce it, but I'm... Okay, I, I was going to say, like... To just to have another voice in the room and oh no, I'm having somebody produce it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, but I'm putting it out as my own production. You know, I told myself and I, I said it uh, not too long ago. If I'm gonna sell my soul again, I want to sell it to myself. You know? Mm. you know, you felt like you sold your soul doing porn. You sell yourself. So your soul every day. Yeah. Yeah. Any, form any job. Everybody sells any job. Yeah. For any, you know. I sold but, my soul to Questlove. Yeah. <laughs> and I sold my soul to Pandora. <laughs> my soul is not for sale. I, 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 I sell You're fired. Like, <laughs> Transfer her paycheck. to my soul. Like, uh, y'all let me know when the next Illuminati meeting is. <laughs> so send me the minutes. To me. <laughs> when, do, when, do you, when do you plan on wrapping it and what would the story arc be of your documentary? Uh... And how much will you reveal to us in this documentary of your life? A lot. Okay. Especially for someone who doesn't talk. So, you know. You're I, not I, talking I have a, there's a lot of. So you're doing me a solid right now. <laughs> or oh. she's just not saying No, I don't even do that many interviews, you know, anymore. Um, well, thank you. I, 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 I appreciate really, that. No, I feel, whenever I feel comfortable and it's a vibe. I do those type of interviews. You I know? feel honored. And I, yeah, I, there's so much about me. I, you know, I, I hold so much inside me of so many people's lives, even my own, you know. But, and there's so much respect that I have for people. But then there's, there's things that I, I can share and I could talk about, experiences I know that could help somebody else, uh, someone can relate to, you know. And just so I could really get tired of people asking me about Tupac, you know? Mm-hmm. So I could really kind of touch a little bit closer on how I feel and just things, you know? Did you ever have any children? No. You have any children? No children? I have okay. a stepson right now, though. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Anything uh, like you that you... I knew. I don't think it would be. I have other questions, but I don't think it'd be appropriate. I, I just <laughs> ask the questions, <laughs> right? Wow, she's self policing herself. That's that's amazing. I am because also I I respect the fact that you've moved on and you've been retired for twenty yeah, eight years. Yeah, I talk about you know. so we can talk about like fucking. Oh, stuff. let's yeah, let's okay. fuck, let's fuck, let's fuck. Can let's this be fuck. like let's fuck? Like, nah, nah, girl, y'all gonna have to exchange numbers. <laughs> Can we, talk, what about, we keep it on blowjob. My mama's listening to this show. Miss like, Jackie yeah. is not listening to this episode. Miss Jackie, turn it off real quick. Miss Jackie, hold on. Or Miss Jackie, keep it on, but tell the mirror that you turn it off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to. Well, I was going to ask you about the evolution because you talked about blowjobs. Oh my God, go in. I just okay. And so I, I just wanted to know. Um, I, I want to get advice first. <clears throat> And it was interesting to me in, in the evolution of the blowjob, right? I know Superhead, and she, Superhead was a big. I don't, I don't know if you remember, but the, the two handed thing or whatever. But I just wanted to talk about that. Yeah, I and talk about. A, yeah, I always thought she should have been super hands rather right, than Superhead. And how did you feel about that? Because she had she did use both hands, but she was called Superhead. 
You know what I mean? I don't know if you ever. You, you know, watched... I actually never watched her. Yes, exactly. Really? Like I think you when know? she left it, it's like you. Also no, she leave... says she's been watching porn the whole time. Yeah, but I just you know to me, Superhead wasn't porn. You know, she was just a girl who just gave head. So I didn't really look at her as a porno star. You know. Um, do you have any new girls that you like, or new uh, guys or girls that you like now? I like Missy Stone. Yeah, okay. I really like her, because I like when a girl is just bouncing, having a good time, and just look like she's enjoying that dick. She seems you know cool. I mean? <laughs> you know? Yeah. She seems cool. I was going to ask Happy, you, like, favorite you know? position, situation that you like to watch. Yeah. I, I like Doggy. Okay. Um, Even now with the, you were talking about the double hand Double thing. hand, yeah. Yeah, but even this way, even double hand, it's just, that's so traditional. That's so, why it wow. threw me off that... That was like a big, you know. What is non-traditional, Heather? Um, huh? What is non-traditional? If uh, was not oh, non-traditional, is just this a regular stroke. But to me, that's well. I guess I don't know. It's just what's alternative. To me, it's about like, suction. Okay. It's like if a woman could really create her mouth as a penis pump, then she's learned her technique. <sighs> I'm sorry, I had to take that in. Okay, what, what think is about wisdom? it. Words of wisdom. <laughs> Thinking about something else. <laughs> is there, let me, okay, here's another question. Is there something that you, because this is, man, I wish you could really just advise and write a book on a list of things. Is there something for the blowjob outside of your own natural hands, mouth, or whatever that you would advise to help get results? You know, some people, okay, I know this might sound antiquated, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm going to go Altoid. I'm going to go Ice. I'm going to go, you Pop know. Rocks. Whoa. <laughs> Pop Rocks. I don't That's know disturbing. about Pop Ice. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't really? That was Bill. I didn't say Pop Rocks. Yeah. <laughs> pop Rocks in the mouth. But since we're on the blowjob, we call it the Fourth of July. I, just, I need to put. I, is that a crazy question, Heather? That was crazy. No, ask, just ask the question. Like, I just, did ask. Yeah, just ask the question. I did. I said. So, 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 what do you use other than your? Yes. Is there, are there other things that you can advise to help with the? Amir, with the come results? on. My. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, no! I a tongue, a tongue roll. A she has me stuck. I feel like I have one in my mouth right now. I know. I'm like um, a tongue roll because see, I learned that the, the tongue ring on the tongue ring is not a guaranteed win. The this is what ring. I, yeah, I had one in college. That's really more of a male. A you had no should, goddamn tongue ring I in did. college. You wasn't looking in my mouth. That shit. <laughs> What for three days? Like no, I had it for like two years. Oh god, I had tongue ring, but I mean it's not for the a woman. Most, I, okay, I don't even think it's about what you use. I, 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 I pouring lube in your mouth is a great thing, um, but I really think it's very important to think of your mouth as your vagina. Thank you. And Nicole. if you could master that. Then you're giving the best head possible, you know. And I have to go back to being a good girl now because my man is in here, and I'm, uh, you know, trying to figure out how to. I'm trying to figure out how to make my mouth kegel. How do you make your mouth kegel? The look. Oh, the boss man sucks look, right look, now. I'm taking over right now. I'm what taking I, over my own show. You thank you. you. I, have, I have a question. I, knew, I, have, I have a question. Yes, because I know you got some hot. sense, Bill. It is actually kind of warm in here right now. Um, we, we we briefly touched on your on your music career, and I think we should get back to that. Um, your first releases were, were house music, right? House music, yeah. But why didn't you start out with a hip hop? Hip hop, yeah. Um, at that time, I was really passionate in house because I was hanging out most of the house clubs. Okay, and 
yeah, I was performing, and then uh, Cookie Gonzalez came and saw my performance at Red Zone, and then I got a record deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we figured, let's, at that time, house music was big, you know, dance music. And I did really good with that track. Was, I hit the Billboard charts with that one. And where I left Island after I toured, I went to Tommy Boy Records, and that's where they messed up at me. Cause they were trying to turn me into like Mary J. Blige, and I really wasn't that. And they really should have had me do hip-hop at that time. And I got put on the shelf, and they gave me all the rights to my music, and I left Tommy Boy. Mm. And then I decided to put out my own album, because me and Akinelli, actually Akinelli taught me how to rhyme. Okay. Wow. And me and him was on tour before me putting out the album for like a year. He's doing, putting it in the mouth. I'm I'm rhyming to an M.O.P. track. <laughs> and that was our show. And we had strippers and midgets. It was Oh My. And we toured <laughs> Wait, for like what? a year. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Was that was that before you did the uh, the primo joint, or was that was that that same album? That was at, that was before. Okay. And then we wait, she did a primo joint. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I thought wait, you, you said that like. No, <laughs> no I thought you. Like, like, wait, you I mean, know me? I did not know. Uh, yeah, I, I found yeah, I out had, about um, your website, so I figured that you probably would have seen. Oh that. man, no bus. Get I remember when it came out. You shot a video for that one, right? You guys shot a. Um, we shot a video for the so serious, so sincere. Okay, I think yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. Did he uh, scratch in, did. in this industry of rap? In, in, in the, in the it was called Freak Like <laughs> Me. In the industry <laughs> I'm sorry, Primo. I'm sorry. I always tease him about And that's back to, that's my boy from back in LQ. So I had a lot of people, all my friends were support. They really want to see me do something different with my life. So whenever I want to do something, everybody like, come on, let's do it. That's dope. So that's, dope. that's how I kind of have been very successful as well. And blessed. Because I've gotten a lot of support from... A lot of my friends that are hip hop pioneers, artists, everything, you know. Was mainstream film something you ever wanted to do or um I did a couple. I just made sure I was in ones that I really wanted to be in. I did but, American Gangsta. But like you didn't um, have any I you didn't have no uh um desire to be like, you know, the next No. Okay. No. What advice no. would you give or uh pointers would you give to any uh girl porn stars now? that are looking to transition and get out the game, which is something that you've seen have done really well. But Well, you have to give it up completely. You can't do both. It's impossible. Because okay. they were telling me that, you know, I was trying, and then I got it. I realized, I said, okay, maybe I, I, I have to stop all the way completely to really be taken serious. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, I'm still expressing myself in a, you know, an erotic way in everything I do. So you just got to be real with yourself. It's just like... And, you got to really, I talk to many girls, they'd be like, I want to do this, I want to change my life. But the same day, they still swinging on the pole, they ain't going nowhere, mm. you know? So it's really something that you really want to change it, you got to stick to it. And you got to really strip yourself from that money mm. to learn how to make a totally different type of kind of money. It's a lot. You really got to strip down. Because I literally stripped down from the porn, from touring, stripping, all that. I had to give that up. So when you stop, you stop everything. I it wasn't stopped. just the when to walk away. Yeah. <laughs> I had to stop because I knew there was nothing going to change if I didn't. And then, thank God, you know, family, friends, I just have a good support system. You know, I'm, I'm good to people. So 
it's a blessing that they're good to me, you yep. know? It would be dope to see you get back in the talk show game. Do you ever think well, about it? I'm going to do it? a radio. I'm going to do a podcast show. I'm soon. sorry. I thought <laughs> he was about to be like, <laughs> yeah. go back to All that shit you no. said. <laughs> get back in. No. Yeah, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. That's um, I'm, you know, I'm just, I, I get up and I just thank God, blessing. And I, I, I'm so appreciative that I can get up and just be myself and figure out what I'm going to do the next day. You know, I'm at that point in life where nothing really. I think the older I've gotten, even just more success and just changed. And I just don't really sweat. I just kind of enjoy life because, you know, I'm learning as you lose people, there's a lot of people dying, you know. You you realize you just got to enjoy every minute. So whatever I'm going to do, hopefully people like it. If they don't, I don't care because I'm happy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so just, just maybe we might have our <clears throat> seventh member of the Team Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, right. <laughs> Heather Hunter, I want to thank you uh, for everything, uh, no, for I talking to us. I yeah. adored you. Can I just say something? Yes. When I saw you at Brooklyn Bowl, yes. I thought it was adorable because I, I was with my um, my security guy, and he was like, what are you doing? You're going straight up to the DJ booth? What are you doing? I'm going to say hello. What are you doing? You're gonna, he's not going to know you? What are you going to do? So <laughs> he's I, not going to know like, you. I was like, like and then I pointed. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and I, yeah, 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 and yeah. I yeah. pointed on him. And at first he was like, who is? And he went, oh, it's Heather. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just, you know, I met you years ago. I don't know if you remember with uh, Scott in Philly when you were <clears> in the studio. You worked Damn, with Scott I forgot that studio. Scott was... <laughs> Yeah, I forgot Scott was in my group. Right? <laughs> like Scott, who? Oh, he was just oh damn. Okay. Scott Bayo. <laughs> so wow. it was really good. That's why when he was like, Heather, I said, no, I know him from, you know? So it was really a pleasure. I'm glad you wanted me to come over here because this, this was fun. I'm, and it's I'm, always good to talk about Latin quarters. That's, that was life. Well, I thank you. Uh, yeah. Is there anything that you've learned uh, this episode, Bill? <laughs> I'm going to save Laia for last. Oh. <laughs> I learned Laia is a closet freak. Yes. Yeah. I don't even think it's closet. <laughs> I want to be better, I mean, she, though. She, she a, she I'm a working patio to be freak, better. Man. I want patio. to be better. Patio. <laughs> <laughs> just just own it. Let it out. Just looking for a suitor. So. Okay. Fine, take a look. Uh, for All right, me, we're going to find... We, we got to have a fine Laia and and <laughs> and unpaid bill. Uh, oh, he, oh no, he's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. Oh damn! My yeah, bad. it's all me. He's, oh, he's back on the bandwagon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> take a look. What Man, did you learn? I guess I just learned. You know, you just kind of, you know, just hearing what uh, Heather's story. Uh, just the thing about just listening to yourself and just kind of knowing when it's time to walk away. Right. Like when something just ain't. If it's not feeding you no more, and if it's not, you just feel like nah, I'm right. past this. And then also, I guess giving yourself permission to say that I can do something else. Um, I think it's a lot of people, they, you feel like, okay, well, if I'm known as this, then there's no way mm-hmm. I'm ever going to be known as something else. Mm-hmm. But it really ain't got nothing to do with other people. It really is about you right. giving yourself that permission to say, nah, I can do whatever the fuck I mm-hmm. want to do. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, um, so nah, that's uh, It a really is. And you know how crazy this world is now. So you just got to be proud of who you are. Because I'm proud of every aspect of who I am. Sugar Even the Steve. good and the bad. Wait, hold on, know? hold on, hold on. Amir, she's really a big Prince fan. There's a chapter in this book called Erotic City. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge Prince fan. <laughs> yes, you are. You ever get to meet him? Yes, I did. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm saving that story. Damn. Oh, no. <laughs> I got to oh. marry Jehovah Witnesses. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that's going to my doc. That's going to my documentary. Oh, okay. um, Would you like to witness? But he's truly my... <laughs> <laughs> Sugar Steve. 
Dalmatian, Steve. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, you, uh... no, I mean, you're really lovely and cool. Oh, thank you. Um, I found it interesting that the nicest person she met in her life was named Goldberg. <laughs> Um, I, I learned that talking about blowjobs with Lighty in the room was as disappointing as I thought it was going to be. Well, you didn't say nothing. You could have added, said something. And I have one question. So if you were on 43, I was on 23. <laughs> if I heard you were having a party and I came up and heard the music and knocked on the door... Would you have let me in? Oh, yeah. Okay, shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, everybody was coming. People were coming no, from different floors. Yeah. Except for Steve. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I have nothing raunchy. I, I actually, I learned a few things. I was going to say, number one, I learned that it's dope that if you are a dope individual and you demand respect, you will continue to get it because I just think that's amazing that all those men, those MCs, no matter what you did, respected what you did and respected who you were as a person. Um, also, I thought it was dope that you've done like 20,000 things. So I've learned that um, let's try to do as much as we think that we can right. because you never know what you can and cannot do. And I learned Thank to you. use my mother, my mouth as a coochie. So yes, there's some most My mouth. Jim. You should have known that by now. <laughs> no! I, I mean, should have known I that by do, now. But it just, uh... I've learned that we can never let Lightyear get the last goddamn word on my show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of Lightyear, who might be back next time or might not, Sugar Steve on the 43rd floor or the 23rd floor, who knows? Boss Bill, Fontigolo, Unpaid Bill, and Heather Hunter. This is Questlove signing off. We will hopefully see you on the next go round. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.